Hey, 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 what's up? I got my, my great friend right here, uh, Gray Golf. We have a little bit of an impromptu meeting today. Couldn't get the word out. We actually just, just I like just asked him last night. He decided, hey, I got some time this morning if you wanted to do that. So uh, we got it done. We're, we're all good. Uh, trying to kick off um, a series about, about brotherhood. And Gray is has been my high school teammate for the last... Well, we've been on the same uh, same string for three years. I guess teammates for about probably four high school, six total with middle school. And uh, man, we've just grown so much together. I have a ton of respect for this guy. He's gained a lot of my respect and uh, just a phenomenal athlete. Great. Before we start, would you would you care to, to, to tell us about yourself a little bit? Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Um... I've been at LCA since sixth grade, so playing with you since then, and senior year now, and I'll be going to Belmont to play golf there next year. So yeah, I'm excited to do this. Yeah, that's that's really exciting going on to play the D1. Uh, we'll both, but thankfully, we'll both be in Nashville. You know, I'm a little on the D2 spectrum, but uh, I'm glad I'll be able to you know be in the same same city as you, and maybe you know continue. Hanging out a little bit, meet up, you know, it's all, it's all fun, good and fun. Uh, man, I'm really excited for you. Absolutely. So, again, like I said, I'm trying to kick off a series about brotherhood, and uh, man, you've just been we we've gained this this brotherhood lately. I think this since you've been here in sixth grade, things have changed a lot. We've grown as people, and so you you have a you have a biological brother. Before we started this recording, you tell me like you're you're in the car right now because you had to take him to a golf lesson. So you have a little brother, and also like you've been on the team, so you kind of know what it's like to have chosen brothers. And you know, just outside of that, you probably have great friends outside of that, outside of the team. So, what is the difference between a, a blood brother, a sibling, and a chosen brother? I think that um, a blood brother, you kind of that's who you have to be with, and you love him no matter what. I think that a brotherhood as far as being on a team goes is kind of a different connection in the sense of like, I, I love you guys because I want to. And that's something that like you guys are friends that I'll have for, you know, the rest of my life and a bond that I'm forming, not just because I have to, but because I want to, okay. that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> This is the this is the family that we choose, and you know why you didn't choose to have us on your team. We we just kind of joined as individuals. Like you chose to to care for us, to love us, and you know while we always ha we haven't always gotten along, but you know no family ever does. The most dysfunctional family right. is actually the most functional family. Right, I like that. So is there is there anything more important than brotherhood to you? Is, is that's, I imagine that's something that's valuable to you. Is there anything that you would think that was, that's probably more valuable than that? Not in particular. Also another point I wanted to bring up as far as golf goes and being an individual sport is I always felt that I don't play with the same amount of passion as I do if I'm playing individual versus being on a team, because I mean, we in high school, we went to state as a team three times and just, I went, we went once as individuals, but that one year, our junior year, though we went without the team, I didn't play great, 
but I just didn't feel like I had the same there wasn't like as much meaning to it like the the purpose wasn't necessarily as big and I was only playing for myself instead of a team and it was weird because it was a tournament where everyone's there with their team and we were it was like an off year and we weren't with our team that year so it just felt strange it did, but, it did. Uh, I was with you we, we roomed together that individual year and no I 100% agree with you like that to me was it, it did feel strange without you know Jake and Trey there uh, the two guys on our team that didn't go with us but like that yeah it definitely took a lot of passion out of it I think we would have shot a lot better if we had the team there uh, we got we got robbed a little bit of that too uh, if you remember regionals that junior year uh, man, mm-hmm. that was tough um, just Kentucky golf wasn't if we if the system was better then it would, we would have gone but it is what it is so right. it happens but no I agree with you I mean you when you have guys with you even with golf being an individual sport like it's 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 different it's uh you're you're, you're a lot bonded together you're not playing for just yourself you're playing for something more and it really just brings out the passion in us exactly so what do you do like let's say and you probably have experience with this because you know i've always been a, de- a, a decent golfer uh, what do you do when like your brother's in a funk? Like, let's think back to our sophomore year. Remember, I went to Gibson Bay, shot that three under, and pretty, pretty much the, the next month I didn't break eighty. Like, so, yeah. So, what would your advice be to somebody like, like if your brother's in a funk? I would say that the worst thing you could do was would be to like push him out of the group, is because as soon as they, as soon as someone plays good. They have, and then the next day, week, whatever, they have a bad round. As soon as you kind of put them away, they're. I feel like they're never going to come back. So I think the best thing that you can do to help someone out when they're in a rough time is just try to be there for them in a sense and just keep trying to push them, even though they might not think they're in the best spot just kind of help them with advice and tips. And that's just another thing that I feel like the a problem with, that I have with going into tournaments and, and that I end up not playing well in is I'll have expectations and I'll be like, oh, I, I shot 69, like in your case, like I shot three under and now I'm expecting to shoot three under or better in this round and, future rounds and I feel like that's just such a a negative aspect you can put in your head is to have expectations um because the the one tournament I played the best in this summer I went into it not thinking anything of it it was um our USAM qualifier and I honestly didn't think I was gonna come close to being in the top five like it's a lot of D1 golfers, good amateurs that have just stayed amateur, didn't turn pro. And I think the best thing that I did for myself that week was I went into it and I wasn't trying to shoot a number and I wasn't trying to get a certain place or win. I just went into it and I was kind of wanted to play my best and just see how I matched up with 
everything else. So I feel like the best thing you can do for someone that plays good and then gets into a funk is just to help them realize that they just need to try to do their best and not have expectations based on a previous round before a week before when they might have played their best in their life because you don't want them getting to think that oh i've shot that so now every round forward should be that or better like that's just not something that's gonna be beneficial to anyone so i think the best thing to do is help people realize that having no expectations and just trying to do their best whatever that is it's fine if you shoot 80 or 65 as long as you're trying to just do your best i feel like that's the best thing you can tell someone dude that's wise that's really really wise and like i can like so you can probably point out this where where it happened to me this year semi-state so at regionals i shot four under really really great round only shot off the lead Right, we go into the, our next. All right, I'm I'm going off last. I, I led the team that that day, and this is it. This is the tournament we need to go to state. And I shot, <laughs> I shot 84, worst on the team. Went into that tournament as as you know as playing the in the best group with the best guys, and I left it with the worst score. I I, I know what you mean. I put expectations on myself. I'm like, listen, I just shot 68. You know, I I need to, and this is postseason now. I need to carry this team. I need to I need to do what I need to do, and 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 get it done. But I didn't because you know I had those super high expectations, and once, you know, I wasn't meeting my expectations, it just kind of became a, this little crumble, and I fell, and it ended up being my worst round of the year. The only time this year I didn't break eighty, so I'm kind of regretting that those expectations now. Uh, but I'm looking forward to uh, next year, you know, learning from that. And that's that's the most important thing of an athlete, right? You fail and you learn. You grow up. I talked about this in my in my previous video. You either blow up or you grow up. Um, and, then, you know, that, that extends far beyond God saying no. You, in every aspect of life, when you get told no, when you fail, when things don't go your way, you can blow up or you can grow up. And the best thing for an athlete to do is you grow up. Yeah, I I just think that there's so much merit to that and not getting down on yourself for having a, round, a bad round, but I mean, just realizing what you need to work on. And I think that the, that also plays into the expectations thing that I was talking about earlier and how much you practice, because if you're just trying to go into a tournament and play your best, like something that's been big for me is I can ju as much as I practice, I can practice for hours and hours. And then I'm able to like mentally tell myself, like my best is going to be enough. Like I don't need to worry about, Oh, I didn't practice enough or this or that. I practice as much as I can and do as much as I can. And I can tell myself, that like it's going to be enough no matter what so that's powerful you know i mean kobe bryant kobe bryant once said i don't get nervous because if if i do get nervous it means i didn't practice enough practice yeah exactly i mean you shouldn't right. put, ever have a situation on the golf course no matter how high the pressure is no matter what the situation is 
where you haven't practiced the shot. You're not going to be asking yourself to do something you've never done before. And that's the purpose of practice, to be confident and be like, hey, I've, I've done this before. Let's do it again, you know, no matter what the situation right. is. That's, that's powerful. Exactly. Uh, so just in your experience, like just with, just with other people, with the team, what is the best quality that you've seen a brother can have? Is it just like that 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 encouraging when when they're out of that funk? Is it what is it? That's a tough question. Um, the best quality someone could have, I would honestly say, someone that stays extremely like mellow and doesn't get super high or super low, because. I feel like having someone that gets super high and super low is is good in some aspects, but having someone that is just like a like a mental giant that can just like cruise through whatever and not get super happy or super mad is just a good it's like a good anchor for the team to like bring them back to reality like if it, if the whole team plays well and you see them acting normal, you're like, all right, everything's going to be fine. Or if the team plays super, like, incredibly well and this person's just acting normal, then they're going to be like, okay, yeah, we don't need to get ahead of ourselves. We need to stay in the moment. So I feel like having a teammate that does that is so crucial. And I don't know if you know, like, Patrick Cantley. He's probably one of my favorite guys, not because he's an incredibly good player, but because of how like strong he is mentally. And all the tournaments I've watched him play in, he's just always so like level headed. Like he could make three bogeys and he's gonna have the same reaction on his face as if he makes an eagle and five birdies in nine holes. Like it's not he doesn't change his emotions or let stuff affect him based off of just how he's playing in the moment. I think one thing that he does really well is he kind of stays looking over the big picture and he's like, all right, everything's going to be fine. I've practiced enough. And so he doesn't let one bad shot or one bad hole affect how or one good hole or one great hole affect how he's gonna see the whole round and i just think that that's such a big key in quality in having someone on the team like that dude that you're 100 percent right um and i can tell that's what you do that's what you model you try to model that you're a try. Pretty, you're a pretty calm and mellow dude you you're probably the most mellow guy on the team. McCain can give McCain can make a case for that, but I think in terms of not letting your emotions get out of check, it's going to be you. Just with how much your consistently your consistency levels prove that you're just you are that calm, steady dude. You are the rock of the team, and I can tell you over the last couple of years, I have tried to embody that. I've tried to be like you because I am naturally a pretty uh I'm a pretty excitable person. I get excited pretty easily. Um I'm a type A person, uh the psychology wise. I'm I'm you know, I'm I'm I wouldn't say high, I'm high strung, but I'm really competitive and you're type B, kinda like you're cool, you're calm, you're steady, you know, um you're stoic almost. I think I, yeah, I mean I definitely have 
my moments where I get a little rattled and I'm upset, but I think that it's something that I'm always trying to do is not get like, that's always a goal for me on the golf course. If I can not get super mad and not get super high, no matter what I shoot, I think I'm winning that day because I'm, I stayed very level headed in that round. And I just think that that's so like crucial for honestly, any athlete, like in any sport, whatever, not getting, super down on yourself or super high because that like being in the moment is just not, it's just not the most mentally healthy thing that you can do for like the long run of your sport or like the long term aspect. Because like take for instance, if I shot 67 in a tournament and i in like 67 and then like another great round whatever and then i was like super high and i went to party about it and then didn't practice the next day and i wasn't like super focused long term the next tournament i'm probably just not going to play as well versus if i shoot that score and i'm like i'm just going to go practice the next day this isn't super a big deal or something that i should dwell on to be super happy about because I'm focused on the long-term aspect of it. So, yeah, you're really good at that. You excel at that. And that's why you are a division one golfer. That is why you have been the MVP of our high school team for three years in a row, which actually brings me to another question of mine. What has been your biggest motivator being on top like you're you're constantly pushing yourself you're what's so what is that motivator what's driving you to be on top of our program even though you've been that mvp for three consecutive years now yeah that's a another good question i feel like me personally i mean as you know i wasn't great in fifth sixth grade when i started out i mean i, I was probably the worst on the team i remember that was um i'm the best so i feel like it's it's like a, uh, in some sort of chip on my shoulder that I wasn't great. And I think that that's always pushed me to work super hard and practice a lot because, I mean, McCain was always better than me for, I mean, a while when we were sixth, seventh, eighth grade and freshman year, he was a lot better than me. And I feel like, that was like a chip on my shoulder to prove people wrong that I wasn't second best all the time and that I was easily just as good as him. So I think it's just a, a chip on my shoulder in a sense. And I, and I know that like, especially sophomore year watching, you were probably really mad that whole year. This is your first year on the top. You were consistently on the top, consistently our, 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 our best score, uh, steady Eddie, you know, always shooting even par, and but people just never believed that whole year that you that Mc, that McCain wasn't as good as you. Even within the team, not just like our competitors, but I remember like myself, and I'm like, okay, how long is Gray gonna keep this up? How 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 long is Gray is Gray gonna be ahead of McCain? Well, three years later, and <laughs> we found out. <laughs> 
It, dude, it's it's just it's just amazing. You have that chip on your shoulder. You recycle your pain. I admire that a lot. You know, you remember you you keep your your, your feet are on the ground. You remember where you were, and you let that push you to be who you are now and what you will become. It's just awesome. So yeah, and and I think it's it's even more. I might have worded this wrong, but it's even more than like not being seen as good as McCain, but just not be not being seen as good in my sport at all in fifth and sixth grade. Because I mean, I wasn't like as far as Kentucky golf goes in a whole until like really this year, I wouldn't say I was super highly respected by a lot of people in general. So I feel like that's always been kind of like being seen as an underdog has pushed me to work super hard Mm -hmm. because I don't, I want to get to a point. I mean, maybe it's in my, when I'm in college, maybe I'll turn pro. I don't know, but I always want to be able to like prove someone wrong that I'm, you don't have to be an insane player in elementary school in sixth and seventh and eighth grade to be a great college athlete. So you and I are are on the same boat there. Uh, Now you've kind of over almost overcome that underdog status. I mean, now you're going into college, you're going to be back as as a freshman back as an underdog, but at least our senior in high school, you kind of, you proved yourself. You're beating elite players that were that had <clears throat> torn up the game for years. I, you know, I'm so and so I'm I'm kind of still still with still on the underdog level, but I mean I agree like that has pushed us so hard and like to me you just ha- you haven't really been an underdog since to at least to me since you know middle school when you were really starting out like you've always, I've always been trying to strive to be like you and you've really helped me grow as a golfer and as a person. And I know I've known that you've grown as a, as a person as well. Uh, the difference between you now versus you in sophomore year is tremendous. So over the last four years of being on a team, uh, what what helped you grow as a person being on that being on that team the most? That's another really good question. I What's feel that? like having. <laughs> I feel like having someone, having people like you and McCain always to practice with. And I mean, I've been practicing with Evan, uh, Evan Davis for since my like sophomore, junior year. But I feel like that's such an important aspect of getting better is surrounding yourself with people who are at least as good as you, if not better. So which makes you just like, which like pushes you. Like, I think that maybe not every time you play, but it's good to get like beat down by someone who's really good a couple times at least because it show it really brings out the aspects of your game that you need to work on. Because I feel like for me, at least when I'm always playing with Evan, I mean, everyone knows Evan like bombs it, whatever he kills it that's not where I've seen that he gains the most strokes. It's almost his like not mental approach, but his course management approach to everything. He takes so many, so much time on his shots and he's so critical in his thinking. And I feel like that that's something that I need to work on and just playing with him so much 
has shown me that that's like a weakness in my game and that sometimes I rush through a shot or don't take enough time. But so I think that it's really important to play with people who are better than you because it shows you what you need to work on and it shows shows you the weak points in your game that you need to put more time into. So That's really good. I know Evan's a great role model for you. Uh, Evan Davis is he, – he just graduated from Belmont. He, he turned pro, didn't he? Or he, he's yeah. turning pro. Yeah, he's turning pro. Uh, an elite golfer, standout guy. Love this guy to death. Uh, I haven't really been around him near as much as you. I don't really have that solid friendship. But, like, he's – with the little time I've had with him, he's impacted my life. He's tried – I mean, he, he makes me want to be better. He makes me want to be a lot more of a positive person. Which you know, mm-hmm. if things aren't going on the golf course, it's hard to you know think positively. And uh, but I've I've been trying to to model Evan like that because, like you said, um, when we were talking earlier, he's just such a positive person. I mean, no matter what kind of game he's having, you know, he never has a has a negative outlook on the game. And so I'm trying to model that moving forward into this 2023 year. Yeah, definitely. I think that's such a big part of his game and why he succeeds not because he's played super well but his he's so strong in his faith and his he always has that as his top priority his what makes him happy is not playing golf well like Mm -hmm. he does not take his pride from playing golf well he takes it in his his faith and like trying to help others and I think that that's just so huge, and and it helps him play better. And that's he's I've just seen him as such a good person, and I feel like that that's so crucial to your golf game is not being super self-centered and making sure that you have your priorities in check like he does. One hundred percent. That's good, man. I mean, if you're nothing without something, then you probably shouldn't have it. That's good. I mean. Mm-hmm. And Evan's selflessness, Evan's, you know, knowledge that his worth doesn't come from the game of golf. That's powerful, and it's helped him become the man he is. So you have good friends, and then you have brothers, and there's a difference there. You have So you have the, those good friends, you know, hang out with, you're, you're cool. Uh, but then you have the, these, like, super tight guys that you, like, consider brothers. What, what differentiates that? What's that line, that threshold that – pops that that right you know what i'm saying yeah i would say it's an aspect of trust like that i feel like i have friends where i can talk to and they can just be my friends but then i also have people where i know that i can tell anything and they're not just going to go talk about it to other people and spread it and whatever and i think that you can really see it in like your genuine friends that they want to see you do well and they're not centered on helping themselves. But when you're around them, you can really tell that they want you to succeed. And I feel like that's an aspect that you'll be able to tell fairly quickly in people. And that's kind of a big line that, kind of splits the brothers between just friends. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. 
That's good. It's real good. So we've talked a little bit about, you know, what a brother means to you, uh, what, a, what a brother does that, that for, for you, what you think is a brother. What do you feel like your responsibilities are to your brothers? I think that it's the main key is to just always make sure that you have their interests in your mind and you're trying to push them to do as well as they can do. Um, I think that it's really important to make sure that you aren't letting them stray off a path in a sense that you're keeping them in check and you're like, take golf for instance. And if I was talking to you and you were like, yeah, I haven't been practicing, whatever. If I wasn't your, your brother and I didn't care about you, I would be like, okay, whatever. It's one less person for me to compete with mm-hmm. versus I care about what you're doing and I, I want to see you do well. So I'd be like, all right, dude, let's go practice today. And I wouldn't judge you for not having practice. Like I'm not going to bash you, which I think is another key, but I'm going to try to get you out there in the most like friendly way that I can without judging you. If that That's makes good. sense. That makes sense. I mean, it's, it's accountability. Mm-hmm. Uh, the greatest leaders, the greatest players have, have they, they, they hold their teammates accountable. Uh, you know, that's how we grow. That's how we develop. And that's that's the perks of being on a team, even on an individual sport. Like, if you go pro, like with the exception of special stuff for elite golfers like the Ryder Cup, like, you're going to be playing as an individual. You're not really going to be playing as a team, at least on a group of golfers. But you'll have a team. You'll you'll have your, you know, your, your parents will be, a, will be a part of it. You'll, your coach will be a part of it. Your caddy, uh, your, your, your girlfriend, fiance, wife, whatever you have at that point. Like, you're going to have a team of people around you. And you should, and even if they're not competing in the same way that me and you compete, like, we have to hold each other accountable. People have to hold you accountable. You have to hold other people accountable. And then that's how we grow because if it was just us, we we we're not we wouldn't be good at holding ourselves accountable. Think about it if you're if you're working out and you're doing core, which I would argue that most people don't like to do core. I'm personally not a fan of it myself. I would rather get under a 300 pound bar and squat it. <laughs> but the thing is, if I have that accountability partner with me and they're doing the core with me, I'm going to do all of the core and I'm going to do it well because I have that accountability partner and also I just want to be better than these guys so um i want to compete and that they we feed off that the other the other people and that accountability and that that competition exactly yeah i think that's big so i got one last question for you and then i know i'm taking a lot of your time right now uh, what do you wish you knew about being on a team going into high school that you're going to carry going into college i'd say there's a couple things for me is it was huge. The time management side of things going into my freshman year in high school, I didn't really realize how big like academics played a part in balancing your time. I mean, you have to be good at balancing your time with school and golf because Freshman year, I mean, I, my whole goal was I wanted to make the top five so bad, and I did, but 
but I didn't realize what that meant as far as how much school we had to miss. Mm. And so I did not manage my time super well. And I, I only have one B in my high school and I ended up getting it that semester because I kind of slacked off in one of my math classes because I've missed probably 10, 15 days of school that first few, two or three months because we were so focused on tournaments, which is a good thing for golf, but you always need to be staying ahead of it and making sure you're balancing your time. So I think that that's huge for me in my college golf um, because most of our tournaments are Monday, Tuesday, 36 holes Monday, and then 18 Tuesday. And so I think that that's huge, just making sure that you stay on top of it. And I think that's also big just in the future going forward, even just like job interviews. I mean, that's just a big point that you could bring up. I mean, how well that you were, if you end up doing well in college and golf, you can bring up the point that, Hey, I've been for the past four years, I've been having to manage my time well. So what says I can't do it in just another aspect. So I think that one huge key is for me that I wish I knew going into my freshman year would be time management. And that's definitely something that I want to keep in the forefront of my mind for future in college golf and just beyond that. So I think that it's one important thing for me. And then probably another aspect um, is just not getting, not taking advantage, not taking your time for granted almost because I mean, college you're gonna have so much time and I think that it would be very easy to get off track and oh my gosh I have so much time I can go to parties I can do whatever I can just go hang out with friends and I feel like for me my goal is to get as good as I possibly can in college and maybe that's turning pro after maybe that's not I don't know but I just want to I just want for me to make sure that I don't have any regrets after college. Like I don't want to be 24 graduated and be like, Oh my gosh, what if I only practiced more in college or what if I only focused more in college? So I think that that's one thing that I'm really going to keep important and like top priority is just making sure that, I practice and study are really the only two things that I'm going to care about in college because I don't want to have any regrets being like, oh, man, I wish I hadn't gone to this party or oh, I wish I hadn't hung out with these friends. So I think that that's a huge key for me is just making sure I stay focused and so I don't have any regrets after college. That's wise. That's so wise. So time is is that is the theme here. Uh, time's very important. It's very limited, and we should value all of it. Uh, the time management portion, I understand. I I didn't learn that as fa- as quickly as you did, which may be why uh you know why there's just so much of a difference between us. The funny thing was like the thing I realized with us, I didn't think that there was too much separating us a few years ago. I didn't think you know. 
oh, I can, I can, I can do a few more things here, and I'll be like Gray. And we've, and you've proven over our high school careers that's not the case. It's like the, it's almost like the, the harder I work, like the more I realize how much better, better than me that you actually are. And one day before, before we graduate college, hopefully before we turn twenty, I will prove, and I, and I will finally like kind of be quite on your level, match you a little bit better than I have. But I mean, you, you have pushed me more than you more than you realize and you're just awesome and the value the, the value of time is something that I've really fallen in love with one of my thought processes this year and I've been trying to stick with it is like is what I'm doing right now um is what I'm doing right now in my situation um is it helping me is it, is it helping me accomplish my goals is it, is it furthering my progress uh, is by doing this right now, am I improving? Am I getting better? And so training is just, it's so much more than just what we do on the on the golf course or we do on the range. Uh, like, it, it's more than that. We leave the golf course, but our training doesn't end there. You know, we go home, we, we listen to podcasts, we read books, we study film. I know, like, whenever we've been having a practice run together, you're in a car and you're not, you're not really doing anything, yeah, you're on Instagram, but you're not watching mindless bullcrap on Instagram. You're you're watching somebody else's swing. I remember being in state with Bo and with you in Bowling Green. You, you you show me your phone, you're like, "Dude, look how like pure this dude's swing is." And like that's <laughs> I thought you were crazy. I was like, "Well, that, that's not what I would be, you know, on social media, you know, watching. I'd, I'd be watching something like Colin or something." And that just that just yeah. shows like you were like for most of our lives you've been more obsessed with this game you've wanted this game more and that's why you're that's why you're that's why you're better than me despite what we do i i imagine our practice our practices on the course aren't very different aren't that much different i doubt you're putting in a crazy amount more hours than i am if 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 at all but the thing is with you your training doesn't stop at the golf course well for the most of my high school career mine did and so what you're doing, like with your sleep schedule, with what you're eating, even like 24 hours of your day is about <clears throat> growing and training. Even your sleeping yeah. is training to a certain level, and that's that might be where you've just been able to excel uh, more than anyone else on our team, and more than yeah. more than almost anyone in the state of Kentucky. And I think I think that it's huge to make sure that you're invested in what you're doing, no matter what. And actually, I've been reading. This is what I was doing right before I picked up the call. But I was reading this book. I don't know if you can see it, but Bubba it's Watson called Up and Down. Down by Bubba Watson. And it's just going through his mental struggles and how he had a lot of low points in his life and how he was able to kind of switch up his mindset and switch up how he was thinking about a situation. And I think that it's just so huge and just another thing that goes back to me being a mental giant like Bubba Watson or Patrick Cantlay is they've had such successful careers not because they are such a better iron player or they're so much better with their wedges. That's not where the difference is cut between the top 10 in the world and the lower a thousand guys it's really just your mental game and i feel like that's so huge in just 
not getting super ahead of yourself and not getting super down on yourself is just plays super say like a huge part in their games and and their success in the past five, 10, 15 years that they've played. And I just think it's super huge. And even even how smart they are on the golf course, knowing I need to be aggressive here, or I don't need to be aggressive here, or playing the percentages, whatever it is, I think that there's this so much knowledge past oh, I'm such a good ball striker, oh, I'm so, I can hit it so far, whatever. I think that there's so much of the game that people aren't focused on, and that's just, like, how smart you are. Your golf IQ and your mental game, I feel like, are two huge aspects. Because I feel like you can, I mean, not hit the ball super well in a tournament, but the best players are able to turn those... 77s that someone else would shoot into 72s and 71s and that's their horrible day on a hard course like they don't let their round spiral out of control and they don't let themselves get into big numbers and they don't let one bad swing screw up their mental game and let that round spiral into shooting a whatever a high number that is so I feel like that it's just so important to keep keep yourself invested in stuff like that and reading books and whatever and just making sure that you are a mental giant. And that's just always something that I'm really trying to do. And that's my goal. And if I, at the end of the day, if I can tell myself, one, I practiced as much as I possibly could. I'm not regretting not doing something. And two, if I didn't get super up and down on myself, I mean, I won in my book no matter what. So, Dude, that's so smart. And I can just tell – dude, I'm, I'm going to – even after like – even after I post this, I'm going to watch this video so much. I'm going to watch – like there's so much to be, good stuff to be learned here. Uh, I wish I had this conversation with you earlier, honestly, like that, like that's power. Like that's so, it's awesome. You're always learning. You're always growing, uh, off the golf course. You're getting that mental game checked in, focusing on things that matter. I remember I told you, uh, back in our junior year regionals where we are in the playoffs here. All right. We're going to the second playoff hole where, as you remember, things start to fall apart. And I, and I told you. Uh, on the tee box for, while we were waiting, I said, "Dude, if we if if we had my power, my if and if we combined my power and strength, and then your sheer accuracy, we would be unstoppable." And I was, I think I was at fault there. I think I was wrong. Uh, physically, I wasn't. Now, physically, if we're looking at the the physical aspects of the game, I was right because, honestly, that like I I'm not half as accurate as you are, and I'm just a bigger dude than you are. Uh, but no shout at you, but, um, physically, yes, but your obsession with the mentality of the game is why you're so much better than me. Not just because you have a better swing or you hit it straighter than I do. You know, the game more, you're, you've learned the game more, you've thought about the game more, and then that's, what's made you so elite. And, uh, 
just awesome, man. I know I kind of, I know we, 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 this conversation took a turn for the better, kind of went away from the brotherhood talk and we went to like, you know, mentality and winner's mentality. And that's it, a good, it's a good turn for the, I like this, but, um, I don't have anything else for you. So if you have something else for, for us, for me, be, please be, be free, feel free to share it. Uh, we'd love to hear more wisdom from the legend Gray Goff himself, Division One athlete to committed and signed to play at Belmont and Nashville. Yeah, I mean that's I can't go give away all my secrets, but <laughs> you know you you beat yeah. them with the secrets and then you tell them how you beat them at the end of your career. That's right. I was listening to a podcast yesterday that said like that said something like that. Yeah, I mean I think it's just for me and how good I can get myself to be is just those two things is mm -hmm. not regretting anything and just not getting up and down, like not getting too high and too low is like huge for me. So I just think that honestly, I don't care if you play football, baseball, basketball, you run, you play tennis, whatever it is. I think that that's just like, I mean, if every athlete did two of those things perfectly, which I think is ridiculously hard, but I feel like two of the athletes that I feel like do that perfectly are Tiger Woods and Patrick Cantlay because they're just, like, so mentally strong. Like, mm -hmm. they – one big, huge thing that Tiger's dad always told Tiger was you have – 10 seconds after your shot to get mad. And if you're mad after that, it's just stupid. You're killing yourself. And so I think that that's just huge. And I don't think that works for me personally. I'm just going to have, try to have no time of getting too mad or anything after a shot. But yeah, that's about it. Those two things are huge keys in just any sport, honestly. Mm -hmm. It's about acceptance. Acceptance, you know, no matter where the shot goes, it's, I'm going to accept it. It's good. Mm -hmm. it's and just worrying about your next shot and the next thing. What you can control, absolutely. Dude, that's awesome. I've loved this conversation. I know I've, I've taken a lot of your time. Uh, thank you for, for talking with me this long. It's been amazing. Uh, so if, that, if that's it, man, have a good one. I, I, I love having you on here. Maybe maybe we can get another topic. We can we can talk on together here another time. But uh, until then, man, have a great weekend, and uh, I hope God treats you well. Thanks, man. You too. Appreciate you, dog. See ya. Well, guys, that was Gray Golf, uh, Division One golfer. Um, one of the best golfers in the state of in the high school state of Kentucky for years. Uh, he's had so many great mentors with him. He, he's played golf with some of the best of the best. He knows what he's talking about, and he is just a legend. And honestly, one of one of my heroes, one of my mentors, one of my role models. As I've grown, as I've grown up, grown in my, in my faith, and I've become a lot more like him, and which has made me a better golfer, and I believe a more dynamic and better person. So uh, with that, man, I'm so glad to be back with you guys, uh, back in the chair, as I said in my last video. Um, I, 
I'm going to be working on my next video. Hopefully that'll come out soon. But uh, until then, guys, I hope God blesses you. I hope he blesses your day. And uh, I love you guys to death. I'm, I'm praying for you always until we meet again.